All right, all right, all right. Welcome to another edition of Shabbat Lounge. This is Matt. And Jake here. We're coming to you today, and we're going to be talking Torah. Talking Torah. Or is it talking the Torah? Uh, the, not the, the Torah. The Torah. There's a big difference, Matt. Yeah. You mm -hmm. should know that. You know what? I just realized something. This is not week two. No, this it looks like you. So I'm going to fix that real fast. Let's uh, there. take two here. Live. The Life of Sarah, week five. Week five. It's a week five, as Jake says. What is the other name for this? I can't remember. So I do want to give a quick plug. This is a great little book. And so this is... Um, Stephen Pigeon put this out, but there are several different people that have things like this. And uh, if you want to do the Torah portions, getting something like this kind of puts it all in one place and makes it makes it a little easier. And you can keep notes in here about, you know, what you read. Do you remember what this one was called? Um, you know, I don't. But we're in week five after week four. Is it the life that's, of Sarah? Yeah, that's the one. Okay. Yeah, the life of Sarah. I do not speak the Hebrew, and the names of the portions always get lost with me. Yeah. So, uh, oh, there it is. I had it in there all along, the life of Sarah. So so we appreciate you taking it's also time. On this page. <laughs> yes. <laughs> taking time to, um, to, to tune in, and uh, we're trying to start a new series here, and, we'll, and I'll also publish these on sabbathlounge.com if you ever want to go back and refer to these um, and through time we intend to uh, make them better you know because each time we read it we find something new and we hope that we can bring something new to you today right always something new in there and the crow outside yes I like that apparently yeah so we're gonna start and almost immediately you see this plains of mamre here it seems to come up a lot in the text and so um if you look up the hebrew word for mamre it means strength or fatness the fatness of the land so and so um and then what were you talking about this oak grove so oh yeah i just think it's interesting uh uh that He's in a, he hangs out, Abraham here hangs out in this oak grove. And usually whenever I think of the groves, I think of like Bohemian Grove Ooh. or some, some such, you know, pagan uh, fertility worship thing, if you know what I'm talking about. But we know that all that stuff is usually a ripoff of the, the real thing. So yes, Abraham apparently had his, oak grove that he would go to but uh that's become perverted mm. and uh i don't know why it always has to do that i don't know either well you know and we talked about it and you know you think about this the the place of the world he's in it's not known for its rainfall and it's kind of arid semi-arid slash desert and uh, so it's hot, lots of sun, not a whole lot of vegetation and trees. And so where you have oak trees, you have what? Water. Water. You got life. You got birds, creature, animals. Shade. You know? So lots of shade. And yeah. so if you were a hunter, if you, you know, this is the place you would hang out and watch uh, at the local watering hole as the animals come up to eat, you know, to get a drink. That's when you would 
you know, harvest one. Yeah. So, but I also think it's just this concept of this is his happy place. He really liked it here. You know, it's like uh, in our house, uh, we live in uh, a house that was someone else's before. And the couple that was here before, which was Keeley's grandparents, they sat outside um, an oak tree. And uh, that was their happy place. That's where they like to be and where they like to spend time. And so Abraham continues to come to Mamre over and over and over. And I think that he liked it there. Yeah. Just it may be as simple as that. And I think there's other things you could go into here. But, you know, I kind of just take it on face value that it, it was beautiful. It was peaceful. And he liked it there. Yeah, I think there is meaning to it. But we got to remember these are people. Yeah. And, you know. They kind of were living life. They did people things. People things. That's right. So, and so then we have, uh, this is kind of where it is. Uh, so as you're looking at the Dead Sea and the coast is over here, the Mediterranean and Mamre was between that coast and the Dead Sea somewhere. Hebron. And so Shechem is up above it. So, but, but, but we talked about that there, you know, he spent a lot of time. So, and, you know, I think about it as an old Western. Uh, we just watched uh, The Searchers the other day. And, um, and I think about Lonesome Dove. And there's this whole story in there about this guy wanted to be buried back in, in Texas, of course. And his buddy, you know, drags him all the way back from somewhere and buries him in Texas. And I think that uh, you see a little bit of that in this story that, um, you know, that's not a new concept. I think that, um, you know this i don't know i just think this place brought him comfort and he likes spending time there and brings sarah back pretty close to all this yeah yeah so anyway and don't we all want to be buried in texas that's right i mean that's that's what most people are trying to do especially when it looks like arizona yes <laughs> See the searchers for <laughs> anyway. So if it, there's also the account of the Jasser account, if you look at that, um, so it brings up that Sarah may have died of joy when she finds out that her son survived the uh, trip up the mountain. And so it basically says, you know, as soon as she saw Isaac coming down, she's like, she's just, her heart just explodes because she thought he was dead for sure, and that may have been why she dies here. So it definitely seems like she dies before her time a little bit. She died fairly young. A young one, what, how old was she? 110. 100 plus, yeah. <laughs> well, well, Isaac, was, Isaac might have been was, in his right. 30s when this happens. So. Right. So. And so, Jake, what about this as being the first claim of land in the promised land? Yeah, so this is uh, where, you know, Yahweh says this is going to be his land. And uh, this, and then uh, Abraham buys this land from uh, the Hittite and uh, develops, the, you know, a place to bury Sarah. And that's the first exchange wherein that promise to Abraham of the land starts to happen well and it's interesting too because uh, it's another one of these moments where you see um there's a you part here and abram it cost him money out of his own pocket you know he didn't go well 
God told me that this is supposed to happen. I'm not paying a penny. He, he said, this is mine, so yes. give it to me. Yeah, yeah. he doesn't have that attitude. And, you know, if you think about it, Abraham was blessed because of, you know, money that he received earlier, you know, with Abimelech and things like that. So Yahuwah provided, gave him the money, yeah. gave him the funds, provided those resources so that he could. And you see this weird negotiation that happens and, uh, you know, it reminds me of a used car salesman. I've always thought this story is like that. It's like, ah, oh, what is that shekels between you and I? It's nothing. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, yeah. And, and But there was something very specific about buying it and because the guy wanted to gift it. Right. And with gifting, strings would be attached. Right. And so he wanted to outright buy it. And it probably was a very high price. Uh, yeah, know, he it, wanted, and he wanted to pay full price for it. Yeah, there's no negotiation, which is also uh, unique and unusual because usually that's part of the You're culture. You're trying to get the best deal, right? Yeah, and that's still what we do today. I mean, who goes and buys a car for the first time and they say 30000 You're like, okay, great. Give it to me. <laughs> okay, here's all your money. <laughs> right. Nobody does that, and they didn't do it back then either. So anyway, just kind of interesting. Yeah, they bought all their cars at a good deal back <laughs> yes, then. all of them. <laughs> So, and this is the journey um, uh, that uh, Abraham's servant uh, goes and finds Isaac a wife. So, and so, you know, the context is Isaac is sad. And, uh, and, you know, and so, and so is his dad and his dad deals with the grief by purchasing and buying land. And his son is looking for a bride to help him in his grief. Well, uh, I believe Abraham sends out the servant. Yeah. To because he sees that Isaac is is sad, and he's like, "Hey, we need to get this guy a wife." So he mm-hmm. quits moping around the house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or so some such. Quits that's crying kinda, on my shoulder. Yeah, that's kind of <laughs> how I always pictured it. Yeah. So, so this whole story is it's a beautiful story, and it definitely is prophetic. You know, we talked about last week in our group about. It does call Abraham a prophet, and that's something you don't often associate with Abraham is calling him prophetic, but his life is prophetic. And so he may not have been like Jeremiah standing in the street corner, but Abraham may have preached. We don't know. It doesn't tell us anywhere, apparently, but but his life, he lived that example, the life of prophecy. Yeah, and and this is another example of prophecy where where Eliezer, which is the servant, goes and is sent to meet this girl, and they meet at the local watering hole. Yep, just uh, the same way that uh, we meet our spouses today. Do you we go over to the local watering hole? <laughs> that's, well, that's so we're told. Yeah, on TV and the movies. How, that's not how I met my wife. Yeah, me either. <laughs> so. But we hear people do that. Yes, yes, it seems to be popular. Yeah, so you know when you first when we first were looking at this, I was thinking like the uh, the water cooler at work, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then you know now I'm like, well, obviously the watering hole. Mm-hmm. Go out to the bar and catch yourself a good lady there. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's where all the good ladies good, hang out. A apparently. good strong lady because she's like carrying water for animals and stuff, and probably like putting it on her head. So. <laughs> Just like that. <laughs> and knocking her hat off. So. <laughs> so anyway. Yeah, and then you, you were saying, uh, so we have likened this section of scripture before to 
linking it to the Hebrew wedding model, and you were making comment that it's kind of like that in reverse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you see this, um, you know, an oath is made, which is always like the, um, the oath and a meal happens, which is like a Passover foreshadowing. And so you have that. And, um, and I also see a connection to back to the garden. So, so um, the father tells Adam, I need to go find you a suitable helper. Mm-hmm. And so he sends or he goes out and finds a suitable, well, he makes a suitable helper. Right. And um, so it's the same kind of concept where the father is looking for a suitable helper for his son. Right. So you got a connection back to that. And and there's also commands here to be very picky about this girl. You know, this isn't just go find the first good looking girl you can find. I mean, yeah. there's nothing about how she looks. There's nothing about her ability. It's about her heart and what she does. Right. Which should be lessons to us all, um, but it's definitely bridal talk, and um, and and there are conditions given. That's another thing about this, and so you know, I think it is it is okay to pray and say, you know, if this happens, you know, I'll do this, or I know that when this and this happens, this is what I'm supposed to do, because this is exactly what he did. And um, yeah, we see that a lot with uh, mm-hmm. you know, if you put the do on the on the ram skin and well, next time don't put do on the mm-hmm. ram skin, you know, mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. But the, the conditional, if this happens, right. Uh, Jacob says, if you uh, keep me in bread, you will be my Elohim uh, and that kind of thing. So uh, I think we get this impression that it's bad to do that, but it's done all throughout yeah. scripture. Yeah. Yeah, it's like how you have to uh, you have you have to be given some kind of direction, and mm. if you don't see things happening, you know how can you know it's Yahweh's hand moving you? Yeah, yeah, and I've done it before and and seen it and firsthand. But my problem is I I didn't write this down, and I probably should have written it down. And so I prayed that. Um, you know, I was asking for some guidance on something and I, and there was this windmill in my family and I, you know, this sounds kind of strange, but we actually had this windmill sitting there. No one was using it and I wanted it. And I prayed that if, if I got the windmill and then plus something else, then I would know I'm supposed to do this. Well, I got the windmill, but I didn't get the other part. And so then I was like, I don't know what this means. (laughs) So I was very confused, (laughs) but it happened. I mean, like I prayed that prayer and then two, two weeks later, I got the windmill. I got a call out of the blue and said, Hey Matt, the windmill's yours. Just come get it whenever. I was like, Oh, awesome. Well, maybe, maybe it's a wait, wait on Yahweh for the second part of that. Could be very good. Very good. Very likely. So anyway, you know, I challenge you, you know, next time you have a big decision, try it out. I mean, what, what do you have to lose? So we, we got to look at the family tree here uh, because it gets confusing because um, you see this, you know, so Rebecca, where does she come from? So is she a cousin? She's from uh, Haran, right? Isn't mm-hmm. she from Haran? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so she is a descendant once again of Terah. Terah. Yeah. Terah. 
Torah. And, uh, you know, so that was probably her grandfather. Um, or, you know, so she's definitely connected to the, the family of Abraham. And, uh, you know, you see this concept of um, something very strongly in the Torah that when you go to select a mate, you need to select people that are kind of like you. You know, you don't go out, you don't be like Samson, who's like, I like those Philistine women. I don't care. Yeah. You know, that that's definitely not the way to go. Yeah. So, Oh, I was wrong. Not Haran. Nahor. See? Right Nahor. Here. Nahor. Rebecca. Mm-hmm. So... But they were in Haran. That's that's where, the place. I yeah. thought you were talking about the place. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So the so it's good to kind of that kind of helps you get your bearings. And so in here she veils her face. Um, and so once she sees him, which I think is kind of interesting because this kind of becomes a bridal tradition for many, many people. Um, they you know, it's very common to veil your face. Yeah. Still to this day. So uh, then, and you were talking about um, this, about the flipped wedding. Yeah. So this is the master servant goes to see if she's ready. So once again, the father says, hey, it's time. You, we need to go find you a suitable mate. And I'm going to send my servant, Eleazar, to go do that. And so the father gets the bride, but the bride has free will. She makes, there's a covenant meal. She leaves her family behind, is one who crosses over. And many people in this story who leave their family, uh, Abraham would be one of them. The groom is waiting for his bride to be ready, basically. He's looking for her to ride into camp. Um, and there's a celebration. There's the commitments of the commencement of the marriage. There's no questions to ask. There's no interview. There's no first date. You know, the son has completely trusted the father and the servant 100%. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. Because would you, I mean, think about you, you know, and you would, you know, think about your own earthly dad. If your earthly dad did this, would you have had some I'd have questions? some questions. I'd have some questions. We all would have. Yeah. So that's amazing. Yeah. Unless there's part of the story that's not told, but I mean, that's the way the text reads. Right. So. Yeah. It's, there's no, you know, scuttlebutt going on. It just happens. There's. Yeah. She comes, he sees her on her way. She's like, who's that guy? And he's like, oh, that's the guy I brought uh, uh, you over here for. She's like, ah, don't look at me. I'm hideous. I haven't Mm -hmm. put my face on today yet. Mm -hmm. And that kind of thing. And he's like, wowzers. I I picture him like looking through binoculars. Uh Oh, who who are these folks? And he's like, woohoo. Yeah, (laughs) I'll take that. I better lock that up before uh... Before the other guys get her. (laughs) Right. I don't know. It's pretty amazing, though. So, yeah, definitely an interesting story there. True and, story. And so this seems a prophetic. The servant, would, which represents the Holy Spirit, the messenger, the servant. The bride is us. Uh, Isaac represents Yeshua, Abraham, the father. And so the servant goes to check on the bride, us. When we're ready, he ushers us to the groom. You know, it seems like end times prophetic. The Holy Spirit is preparing and getting the bride ready and doing its part. And then, um, you know, so, but, you know, we, you were talking about, it does look like the groom runs out to her to a certain extent. Yeah. Like she, she's brought to him and then he comes out to her and, uh, which is kind of like, that's how it getting works. caught up in the air. Yeah. You know, yeah. Because meeting. he, he comes 
and we we go. Yeah, comes we go. So Mm -hmm. yeah, it has both parts of it. Mm -hmm. So anyway, it's a it's an interesting concept. Check it out. Research it. See what you think. And so that is pretty much the life of Sarah. And once again, it says week two, but it's actually week five. Yes, week five. And so, is there anything else, Jake, that you uh, that you want to add or um, bring up here? No, I think that uh, that about me. covers it. I mean, uh, these are just meant to be little quick highlights of of the portion, and uh, hopefully, you know, people get something a little extra out of that. I like the the tie into the the Hebrew wedding model and and. Uh, the tie-in also of uh, the father sends uh, the the servant mm-hmm. and uh, brings the bride to the son. I think that's real cool. All mm-hmm. that all that verbiage there. Yeah, real neat. The the picture that it makes. Yeah. So so once again, you know, we just ask that you you go read the text. Don't take our word for it. You read it, you research, you determine what it means. And and isn't it amazing that we live in a day and age in which resources like this are available? Um, you know, we've got so many books, we've got so many resources at our fingertips. You can Google all kinds of things. You can look up these places. I mean, uh, it's amazing, you know, that you can go actually look at this land, see what it looks like that we're reading about. You know, people couldn't do that before. Yeah. So, I mean, it's really amazing. Yep. So, but... You're amazing. Thank you for uh, stopping by and watching Sabbath Lounge and look for more of the Torah Talks. Talking the Torah. Talking Talking the the Torah. Torah. Yes, yes. But uh, we appreciate you uh, stopping by. And as always, uh, please give us a like, subscribe to our channel, and tell someone about us. Tell your friends. Tell your friends. Bring more. All right. Thank you. We're signing off. Bye. Out. Do we know how to sign out? Um, (laughs) Not correctly.